You're listening to the Multifamily Innovation Show with Patrick Antrim, your source for innovative strategies for multifamily professionals, CEOs, executive leaders, and aspiring leaders that want to drive high-performance results for their property or portfolio. Hey, welcome in. How are you? Hey, Patrick. Good to see you. <laughs> so great to be with you. Uh, tell me about what's... I love the logo, the background. That's awesome. <laughs> well... 365 Connect's been in the space for 18 years, exclusively serving a multifamily industry. So we have seen a lot of twists and turns along the way. Um, We do everything from marketing, digital applications, online leasing, resident portals, um, and about probably 20 or 30 things in between. Um, So we've we've got a pretty good uh, handle on the market. We've been at it a while and uh, we pride ourselves as innovators in the space. Um, we track things and, and follow demographics, some of the things we're going to talk about today. So I think we have some exciting information to share. Yeah, no, I, and I always go to you because you have the background as a developer. And I, I think about like some of the things that you've, you've done over the years just to bring the journey of leasing online. But now what's really interesting, nobody expected this whole idea. But you mentioned the demographics of, uh, what's driving this whole, whole remote workforce, you know, the demographics behind that. I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, Patrick, the last year we've all just been navigating, uh, you know, 2020, we'll call it. I, I don't know if you can put any particular label on, on all the things that have taken place. But what's quietly been taking place is, is a change in, in the demographics of our renters, our workforce, and uh, actually, Patrick, you and I did a webcast about two, two years ago uh, on Gen Z, which is which is what yep. I'm talking about and the impact that they would eventually have on the rental market. Well, you know, that impact's been happening in a big way. And, and we've had so many things going on. We've kind of taken our eye off of that a little bit. But just as a refresher, Gen Z is those that were born between 1997 and in 2012, um, you know, currently millennials are our largest rental group. They're, they're our biggest market. But Gen Z's in there, and they're, and they're rapidly catching up. And, and I got a couple of, uh, you know, stats that I want to share. So, so our big rental demographics are millennials, Gen X. So Gen Z is now passed up um, Gen X as the most active renter. Uh, there's an index called rent movement out there and Gen Z uh, attributed about 23% to the um, rent movement index. That's up from about 12% two years ago. Um, if we look at millennials, still largest group, they were about 47% of rent movement in 2020 um, compared to 53% two years ago. So, you know, we're seeing quite a shift in, in the demographics and our, and our renters. And, and, you know, this is our, our incoming workforce. So um, it's not just affecting the apartment market. It's going to affect, you know, our, our team members and, and our employment base. Yeah. In fact, you know, I, I, earlier in the, the show, we were talking about uh, jobs being the, the driver of, these investments like job growth and therefore their, the, the risk of building and, and, and buying in that market um, is a leading indicator of that. Right. So 
the when people can work remotely and can work anywhere, it's very interesting. It'll be fun to watch how that impacts ability to, to, to identify markets and, and, and also investments. Um, what do you, what are you seeing online? Are people prepared for this? I know we went through a big shift to get into this remote stuff, but uh, you mentioned stuff like inter, uh, operations anywhere. Tell me about what you're thinking. Yeah. So, so if we just break down what, what we're working with, so our, our oldest Gen Zers now are, are turning 24 years old. So they're, you know, recently are graduating college, many on a virtual stage now, and, and they're entering the job market. Uh, they're huge advocates for, you know, remote work and have been, you know, prior to well, prior to 2020. Um, I I read a, a survey recently on this, and it said that um, top of their list was remote job opportunities. So, you know, when you kind of unravel that, it's like, okay, we got these physical hard assets in the multifamily space. We've got a workforce that wants to work remote. You know, how do, how do we accomplish this? Um, a funny thing i got to interject here, um, Patrick, which I didn't know was a thing, was the older Jim Zers identify themselves as Zillennials. Oh. Um, my first question was undecided. <laughs> was like, what? Why? <laughs> Who? Yeah. So it's kind of strange. It's actually part of what's called a, a generation battle, and um, it's it's basically the the older Gen Zers that kind of sit on on the line, and they feel that they've grown up as a digital revolution has evolved. Uh, versus the younger Gen Zs who are, who are there and they just expect, you know, more and more things and more and more features to happen. So, so it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So that, that's going to be a subject for another day. You and I will have to team up and, and talk about Zillennials. I thought they were pretty interesting. Yeah, I never, I've never heard that before. So thank you. Uh, we'll have to, it's, uh... it's, it's definitely uh, trending. Um, but anywhere operations, you know, so, so what is that? So it's basically a IT based operating model and it's been out there a while, but I think it's, it's really coming to light. It's evolving. And, you know, the way we're working now um, is changing. And what the core of it is, is it supports uh, customer service um, product deployment from anywhere regardless of your physical location. Now, you know, I think over the, the last year, we've all done a, a great job of mastering communication, especially with our, our offsite team members. Um, you know, we're, we're all talking on Zoom. Microsoft Teams is, is trending and, and pretty big in the corporate world. Um, but a thing to keep in mind here is that uh, 82% of companies say that they plan to let uh, team members work remote uh, at least part of the time. They're looking at office space different, that this is going to be more uh, a hybrid workspace, more of like, you know, hey, the office is, is the hub. It's, it's the brain center, but you can come plug in, work from anywhere. So our environments are changing in our office space. Our, our team members are going to be more remote than ever. Um, if COVID did anything, 
I think it taught us all, hey, we can be anywhere and make it, make this work. Um, so companies, what do companies want? They want their teams to be capable of working from anywhere and efficiently and as productive as they would be in their office. Um, so it's kind of a push for anywhere operations to be more mass adopted to accomplish some of these things. How are they transacting though online? Like if, if, if they're at the hub, their operation, uh, and, and we'll hear later in the show too about some shifts in, in being forced to do that and, and what we had to do to stay open. But um, we're seeing other industries do this. Um, how, how is the transaction happening though? Well, what's, I guess what's going on, we're going to break it into two pieces. So let's look at our, our workforce. So, um, you know, we might think, well, we're on Teams, we're on Zoom, you know, we're doing great, we're keeping in touch. Uh, and those are great, they're communication tools. But at the core of Anywhere Operations is really something people didn't really think of when they said, hey, you know, get your laptop and go work from home, which was data security. Um, so this, this is an entire system that is, is being orchestrated out there to make remote work more secure, more possible, more integrated into what we're doing. So, you know, typical office environment, a firewall usually lives here. You come into office and network secure. Uh, think of the business we're in. I mean, just, I, I you know, our, our company here, 365 Connect, we process applications, payments, and, and we do it at a pretty good volume. So we're holding a lot of information. So if somebody logs into our system that works here, they're at home. We don't know what the firewall is there. We're now on residential internet. A um, lot, of, lot of liability there. A lot of things could happen. So what Anywhere Operations is, it's more of a network of virtual computers uh, cloud services, and these are powered actually by firewalls. So it's, you know, forget about that, that physical device you walk around with, just a way to gain access to your actual network and your computer system uh, that lives in a cloud. Uh, it all lives in, in what's called a security mesh system. And it, it, it builds a more modular approach to security. And this is you know, critical in our industry where we hold a lot of sensitive information uh, at, at a property level. I mean, think of, you know, logging into your PMS system from your house. It contains all this heavy information, sensitive data, um, anything someone looking to take some identity, somebody's identity would love to have. So, so it's kind of the, the crux of, of we need to be conscious of the infrastructure to have our team members work remote. Now, uh, one thing you're asking is, okay, um, you know, what, what's the future? How do, how do we transact business? We have you know, properties, physical assets, and, um, you know, remote team members. And, you know, somebody's got to show up. Somebody's got to, unlock the door, open the business. Somebody might want to see an apartment. Um, so, you know, we're, we're still navigating through these things. We, we've done them in COVID. 
done them pretty well, but I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can't wait till I can go back to the way things were. The problem with the way things were is trending behind us is a huge demographic, doesn't like to talk, they'd rather text, don't like encountering people. These are your next clients, you know, what, what do we do? And, you know, I know we talk about touchless services and touchless to a lot of people feels like, hey, that, that's a COVID thing. Uh, is, is that's one day going to go away and, you know, touchless won't be a thing anymore. Um, but I, I want you to think of, of something. Companies like mine and, and other innovative companies in the market, including, you know, some of the people you've had on the show that I've been listening to um, today, Patrick, have been building for demographics. We look forward, and these are called, um, in technology, we call them predictive projects. Mm. What's a predictive project? You know, it's, it's a project that we had in motion long before stay-at-home mandates and mask wearing was a thing. So we've been building technology knowing what's coming into the market. We know that that market turns over. We know that that next generation renter is coming in and just as we started off here is going to be that prominent and dominant renter in the market so that's who we're looking at building technology for uh covid can come and go and i guess the only thing it did is it did move the needle on technology pretty heavy but there are things that have been being built before any of this happened just in knowing what was coming, which is Gen Z, and apparently, Patrick, this is a Zillennials. It's interesting you say that because uh, what you said there I liked was we kind of want it to go back to normal. Well, that's a different demographic asking for it to go back to what may be familiar. And yet here you are thinking about, and you mentioned at the opening, this Gen Z, this sort of new new customer or the customer tomorrow that may not want to sp- speak with somebody that would rather chat or text. I have children, so I can relate to this 100%. We were, we, we did a, I literally did a FaceTime group uh, thing and, and everybody was in their room and we probably had a better engaging conversation. We're all on the same property yep. than we've ever had in person. And uh, what you just said there really rang true, uh, that we're, you know, we need to be building for the, the demographic um, and, and not necessarily to you know, what, what, what's true to, to maybe today. Um, so doing that, um, you know, we talked a little bit about that touchless experience. I, I've, I've got a few notes here. Um, you know, are, are people prepared? I know... COVID, like you said, accelerated the sort of remote. We've learned to operate differently, but we're not maybe there with some of the things you brought up, like risks and basically getting free office space, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, you know, we've we've done a decent job of, you know, how do we how do we run our, our team? How do we lock a leasing door and, and still lease apartments, you know, the door to the leasing center? But, you know, going forward. Again, you know, you're talking about kids at home. We have the same thing. Have you ever used Alexa alerts? We, we use that religiously now. Hey, come in this room um, as, as well as texting. But, um, you know, we have a, we have a, 
a renter coming into the market, rather text and talk, they're paperless and, and will walk away if any process gets complicated, not used to complication. I call them the Uber generation. I want to press a button and I want a car to show up and I want to get in it and then talk to anybody and I call anybody to come here and just push buttons. <laughs> Same way food delivery works. That's the generation that moved food delivery business and, and Uber. If you go look at who their client base is, that's it because they're the ones that got it going and then it just became a thing and now we all use it. But if you, if you unravel our, our industry and you look at it and a lot of people say, well, we're, we're doing a lot of this. Look, digital applications, online leasing, it's been around for over a decade. We've been doing it here for, for you know, a decade plus. Time, time flies, but I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe it's 12 years or something when, when all that started coming online. Um, but it all seems to require some sort of human interaction. And I know that's not, not a bad thing, but I'm talking about it's somebody has got to put their hands on it at the end of the day. So I think the question we, the industry needs to ask itself is how can somebody apply for an apartment, get approved, sign a lease in a matter of minutes, 2 a.m. in the morning? How, how, do you, how do you do that? Do you have a system that can do that right now? So... In the space right now, Patrick, we're seeing AI automate a lot of processes. And on a, on a global workforce level, AI uh, currently aids about 90% of our workforce in some form or fashion. It automates some process somewhere that makes our job easier. Um, in our industry, we have a ton of repetitive tasks. But an application approval or lease generation usually does not fall into those categories very easily because there's so many things that have special conditions that somebody needs to take a look at. Somebody gets approved with conditions. What are the conditions? You know, I need a bigger deposit. They need a cosigner. There's a lot of manual pieces involved. Um, so I think those are the things that we, we really need to look at and say, okay, how can we um, make these pieces automated, touchless, and, and move um, leases, move, move a lead all the way through the process? I, I call it search to sofa. How can I go search to sofa and not have to involve a staff member? That, that's the question we need to be asking ourselves. Well, you mentioned the lease and the application, and based on the current technology that we have in place, um, we're asking for, what, more information on the lease just to, to be able to, or at the application just to do the, the lease, or uh, it, it seems to me getting a credit card or getting other things that also require risk, a uh, little less, little different than what we're doing, but um, it's obviously a little, little easier. Talk to me about the application more. Yeah, I think the applications, if you if you look at them and you understand the industry, they have a lot of questions in them because in most cases it's populating, it's giving you all the information you need to um, populate your lease, but also onboard someone. Like most applications, like 
tell us your vehicles and give us your license plate number. Right. And, and, you know, I've had some conversations with a lot of people in the industry and I'm like, what do you do with that information if they don't get approved? It's worthless, nothing. We just have it. We don't know what to do with it. So that's more of a, in my opinion, an onboarding piece. Then I talk to um, screeners that are obviously everybody leans on for the approval of, of putting people in apartments. How many pieces of information do you need to screen a person? Uh, four, maybe five, depending on what the client wants. Do you need their car information? No. <laughs> okay. I uh, need to know about all their pets. No. <laughs> okay. So I go down the list and it's like, no, I need four or five things. Right. Um, so I think what we need to do is we need to reverse the situation. And that's what we've been looking at doing is how can we get someone approved quickly? I understand there's, there's certain things we, we might need to know, but most of these things can be automated now. I don't think we're ever going to get to 100% pure touchless automation on the application and lease process because there's always some piece. But I think we can get in the 90% range in, in, in the 90s with it. And I think the, um, I call them off cases, get set to the side and, and, and there's someone to deal with them. But would you rather deal with 100% or 7 or 8%? I'd rather deal with seven or eight percent. So I think we have enough stuff. We have enough AI. We have our screening services have gotten incredible out there. They have an incredible amount of data, databases. I mean, there's more stuff out there about all of us than we even know. Um, and, and they're hitting certain things based on criteria. So I think we can take the lease process, move it, and turn it into you know, hey, let's now go build your lease. So you've been approved. And a lot of people want to know that on the spot. And I want to give you, a, you know, I'm a researcher, pastor, Patrick is in my nature. But I looked up uh, some research on what people call a response. 90% of customers want an immediate response. I said, okay. What do you call immediate response? Well, it was in the study, 10 minutes or less. Ooh. So they want to know something right away. So I think most people, and I've, I've had these conversations with screeners, that we can come in, hit four or five pieces of information, and give somebody, they call it retail. <laughs> this is what the screeners call it. I call it real time. Retail you back, you're approved. Um, and then I think from there, we can go down this process as, okay, um, what vehicles are you going to park on the premises and, and get that information as we move to the lease? Um, now, you know, our leases have a lot of moving parts. And if you go look through all these lease documents or addendums, and what if you have a pet and what if you have this? I think that can all be automated. I think we're getting smart enough between uh, advanced analytics, AI, automated processes. Um, there's a, a thing trending out there called hyper automation. And it's the combination of all these 
these pieces. Um, I think we can use hyper automation to get there and get 90 plus percent of this done without a human touch in it. Um, I just heard Demetrius speak before me, plug him in, and we hand him the digital keys. We don't ever have to see him. <laughs> they don't have right. to see anyone, which is where this is going and what people want. I mean, we can we can get on an airline. We can book a plane. We don't see a person that we get to the airport. Get, we, don't, we don't see an airline employee until we're getting on the plane. Um, we can call an Uber. We can push a button and a car shows up. We don't see anybody. We don't talk to anybody until we get in a car. We need to be able to get in an apartment like this. And this is where it's it's going to go, where it's heading. Maybe it doesn't work for everyone. Maybe it doesn't work for every property type. But what, I think what, over why time. Is, why is the adoption not there then? What I think you when, you, when you talk and we're big into talking to customers, non-customers, if they'll, if, they'll, if they'll talk to us, but a lot of them do. And a lot of them come to us. And, and, and want to just brainstorm. And I think that everybody has fragmented processes and they're all a little different. And a lot of people are holding on to some of the older processes. It's kind of, we've been doing it this way for 25 years and it works. We don't want to change it. The thing is, is we have to look at two facets. The renters coming in the market and the changing workforce. Because 20 years from now, the person that's leasing, that leasing agent is going to be a lot different. Uh, it might be a robot. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. But if it's a person, the, their, their work mentality and how they want to work is going to be different. And this generation is going to dictate that. And Corporate America is, is moving along with it. I mean, it, it's happening. So if you just step back and look at what's going on, it's moving that way. Maybe it's not affecting you today, but it's coming and it will. And, and we need to move toward it. And that's what the technology companies have been doing. What, what do you think the next steps a leader should take, uh, you know, with what you're talking about to prepare? Um, obviously, it sounds like, you know, we didn't have... You know, we, we had the conditions of, of COVID to force change. And then we had that change. We realized, wow, that went better than I thought. Um, what do you think on this online adoption here? What, what, do you, what would you tell leaders? I would say don't look backwards. Don't think, well, you know, this is going to be okay now. We're, we, can, we can go back to what we're doing. Look forward. Look Look to the demographics coming in. And if you want something to look forward to, look at what's possibly next, right? So we've had a pandemic. You've had, you know, wildfires in the West that, that were catastrophic. You've had a record hurricane season. The uh, Arctic is melting. I mean, we have massive changes going on here on planet Earth, and we need to be prepared for what's next. And I would say that, don't take your eye off the ball. Don't think outside the box. Keep innovating and keep looking, well, how can I do this better? And if anything, look look at some of the effects it might have on your bottom line. If you can use your people in a better way and, and 
also have better uh, retention on, on your team members. It's a huge thing. Turnover costs a lot of money. So if you can utilize people different, better, create other categories in your company for growth, because you can use automation to take care of some of these you know, repetitive things or think outside the box and say, okay, this thing's got 10 different variables that can happen to it. Well, what are those 10 variables? Let's get some AI to learn it and we can take care of the 10 variables. Um, so think outside the box, pair up what's going on, give some information on what you're doing to some of the um, tech companies and, and walk through the processes and, and how you envision it coming out. So I would say collaborate. Yeah. And, and you have an inside look because not only from the perspective of being a real estate developer, but also building technology. I mean, you built it to solve your own problems first, right? And now it's a great tool. And that's, that's, um, that's helpful uh, having the um, sort of the, the needs of, of what a customer would look like. Tell me what you're building today. What are you excited about? Um, and, uh, you know, how are you helping people move through some of those things you're asking them to do? We've been listening to problems people have and, and seeing if they work at scale. And uh, a couple of things that we've adopted recently is, you know, with COVID, a lot of people came that were doing what I call paper <laughs> and said, wow, we got to go digital in a hurry. Um, but just looking at some of the processes. So we kind of tore apart what we were doing, rebuilt some things. Some of the cool things we've been able to do is, is if somebody's applying for something online, uh, on an application online, typically on the other end, that, that unit's still available. So we've been able to build some technology that says, hey, uh, this is reserved at the moment. It won't allow you to apply on it. You can set timers on it. Um, we rethought how we can make things flexible and pop out some of these bulky things because we're working our way to scale it down, make it real easy. And if you want to talk about anywhere services, we want to make it available anywhere, just not on our website or in our stack. We want to be able to make things more fluid, more available. Maybe you want to apply for an apartment that you saw on Facebook. Why can't I do it right there? Um, so, that's what excites us is we're, we're starting to create some things. And then as we're building them, we're creating really advanced analytics. So we are building analytics. I call it for tomorrow to get big picture data, some data points that maybe you can't get in what you're currently doing. But also, if you want to get real finite with it, you can drill down and get more and more deep in the woods if you really, really want to. But we think there's enough surface data to help people make decisions. So I call it actionable analytics. I want to give people data they can take action on. That's interesting. Um, what, are, what are, you know, we've got a little bit more time here. Um, what are some questions I should be asking you that I'm not asking you? <laughs> um. I think, you know, we need to look at some of the things we are doing well um, that as an as a industry and 
So, so if you would uh, say, ask me that, I'd tell you that I, I think we're doing pretty well at automating marketing. I think we're doing pretty well. I, I think it could all use some other pieces behind it. And, and I'm working on those, by the way. But um, I think we do pretty well once that residents living there as far as paying rent. I mean, look at the digital rent payments that have just skyrocketed now through COVID. Now people are doing it. They're used to it. And, um, you know, we're, we're doing better. It help, helps you collect money faster. So I think we're doing good at, at things like payments and online service requests and, and communicating with our residents. I think what we're talking about today or what, what I'm trying to relay is we've got a real gray area on the in-between. I call it the onboarding process. So I've, you know, found you online. I like your community. I'm applying for an apartment. Now from there to I'm moving my furniture through the door is where it gets, where it gets very, very gray process and, and it's very fragmented. And I think that's a piece we need to focus on that we're not doing well with. Um, I also think, Patrick, one of the things, and, and you and I have had some in-depth conversations is about team members. I'm seeing, uh, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing well? Well, you've been the accelerator to best places to work. The, the you know, you started that movement in our industry, and I'm seeing more companies that are excited about that being a best place to work, treating their team members, you know, right, giving them great opportunities. And, and it's becoming more of a thing. And I think that our industry is getting really, really good at the team, you know, taking care of their team members, um, huddling up, I call it more often. Hey, how's everybody doing? Um, do you need any resources? What can I do? I think it, it feels more team effort than ever before. And I've been in the industry for, you know, a long time. As you say, prior, I've been, you know, doing tech for 18 plus years. Uh, and prior to that, you know, I came from developing apartment communities, large apartment communities throughout the uh, southeastern United States. So when I tell people that I know the business from the ground up, I'm actually not kidding. I really Bravo. do. I really do. <laughs> The dirt ground, right? Yeah, uh, this has been awesome. Um, we're coming up on the end of our time here, Carrie. Uh, are there any uh, final thoughts you want to share with our viewers? Um, I think we, you know, are all moving in the right direction to leave things on a positive note. And um, I think it's about collaborating and innovating and, you know, not, not thinking that, oh, Man, I, 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 there's some things I want to know, but I really don't want to call call this company because, you know, I don't want to get um, sold anything. Our philosophy is we don't want to sell you anything that you don't want. You know, to me, the collaboration is more valuable than than making a sale. If we can build the right things as as partners in the industry, then and, and move things forward for everyone, then that's the thing to do. So I would encourage more collaboration between property operators and, you know, industry providers. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. And 
especially as my point earlier was, this is where the innovation is happening and you just can't build everything yourself. So that's, you need to do that. And there's definitely that, that balance there. So uh, awesome note there, Carrie. Great to see you. Uh, always bringing the value. Hope you have a great night and uh, we'll see you on the next show. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. We'll see you later. All right. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the Multifamily Innovation Show. For show notes and other resources, visit multifamilyinnovation.com. 